0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, June 7th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Meat Alternative Company, Beyond Meat, expects sales to double in 2019. Donald Trump sends mixed signals about the talks with Mexico over tariffs. And the outgoing president of the European Central Bank is preparing fresh stimulus as economic fears grow. Then, we'll take you inside the FT's Future of News conference, where executives from America's top three TV networks assess the state of the news business. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Plant-based meat company, Beyond Meat, has been one of the best-performing stock market listings of 2019, and it plans on having more good news for its investors this year. The company expects net revenues to rise more than 140% this year to more than $210 million. That tops analyst estimates of $205 million for the year. On Thursday, Beyond Meat reported its first quarterly earnings since going public. Revenues in the first three months of 2019 topped $40 million, also ahead of Wall Street estimates. The rise was owed in a large part to sales of its Beyond Burger. The burger is crafted to taste and feel like meat, but it's actually made of yellow pea protein and vegetable starches, among other ingredients. The company also expanded its retail and food service partnerships. But the company's net loss in the first quarter totaled $6.6 million as a result of higher operating expenses. That's up from a loss of $5.7 million during the same quarter last year. The company listed on the Nasdaq exchange in May, Since then, its shares have shot up almost 300%. And after hours trading on Thursday, the stock was up by as much as 17%, to $117.62. Donald Trump has sent mixed signals over the talks between the U.S. and Mexico over tariffs. On Thursday, the U.S. president said tariffs were still on the table.
1: We'll see what happens but uh, something pretty dramatic could happen. Uh, We've told Mexico the tariffs go on, and I mean it too, and I'm very happy with it.
0: The FT's U.S. trade editor, James Politi, has more on the
1: talks. The U.S. and Mexico have continued to negotiate in an effort to resolve their standoff over immigration, and the White House has vowed to kind of press ahead with its very controversial plans to impose a 5% tariff on all Mexican imports um, as of Monday, unless they manage to work something out. We don't know when the Mexicans are going to leave. Essentially, the talks are continuing. I think that there's a possibility that they stay through the weekend, but the Mexicans have not said one way or the other when they intend to leave. Certainly, this is the most important issue uh, at the moment on the agenda for Mexico. They have a lot riding on it. The U.S. is clearly their largest trading partner. You know, a 5% tariff might be manageable, but escalating tariffs throughout the summer would be uh, really quite difficult to absorb for Mexico. And of course, there's resistance on the U.S. side as well, especially on Capitol Hill and among business executives who also see the, you know, the tariffs clearly as a tax on American consumers and businesses who also rely heavily on Mexican imports for their consumption and for um, their production of goods.
0: And Mario Draghi won't be leaving the European Central Bank without trying to further shape monetary policy on his way out. The ECB president said yesterday that the bank had started discussions on how to address investor fears that weak inflation and growth would weigh on the eurozone's economy.
2: The exchanges we had today is that if adverse contingencies were to materialize, the governing council stands ready to act and use, as I've said many times, all the instruments there are, it's the toolbox.
0: Mr. Draghi, who will step down in October, specifically mentioned a fresh expansion of the central bank's 2.6 trillion euro quantitative easing program and interest rates as possibilities. It's a part of a bid to boost the eurozone's economy and an attempt to combat mounting global uncertainty over trade. But he insisted that the region's governments would need to match the ECB's efforts with a boost in public spending. The ECB also extended its pledge to keep Eurozone interest rates on hold at record lows until the middle of 2020. Mr. Draghi signaled that the next move in rates was more likely to be down than up. News from the ECB capped a dovish week for the world's two most important central banks. Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell said on Tuesday that he was ready to cut rates if the global trade war began to affect the U.S. economy. And here's a closer look at something you might want to know more about. On Thursday, the Financial Times held a conference in New York City on the future of the news business. Of the many discussions, one stuck out in particular. Executives from the top three American television networks talked about the pressures their trade is grappling with. FT News editor Matthew Garahan spoke to James Goldston, president of ABC News. Noah Oppenheimer, president of NBC News, and Susan Zerinsky, president of CBS News. The conversation broached a question many TV networks deal with regularly. How close should they cover the tweets that come from U.S. President Donald Trump? Here's NBC's Noah Oppenheimer.
3: I mean, I think, look, in our reporting, we try to prioritize actual policy and impact on the real world and on people's lives. I mean that's the most important thing. What are how are the decisions that this president is making impacting ordinary people both in this country and around the world? So that's first and foremost. Some of the tweets I can understand why people would describe them as noise, but some of them also do provide insight into the president's thinking. Some of them are precursors to actual policy pronouncements that he's making, and policy changes, they're going to have a real substantive impact. And it's the first time, and it's actually kind of historically quite interesting. Like, this is the president in his own words. Then
0: they shifted gears to the topic of the Me Too movement. Many media heavyweights have come under scrutiny, and some have even been fired— over allegations that they verbally or sexually harassed colleagues in the workplace. That includes former CBS chief executive Les Moonves, who was accused of sexual misconduct allegations by more than a dozen women. Here's CBS News' Susan Zerinsky.
2: Does anybody know Lemony Snicket's, a series of unfortunate Uh events? That's exactly what happened. We had changes at the top. I think that that... It definitely created a landscape that had to be adjusted, mm. but I really believe, look, the Me Too movement, uh, the tectonic plates have shifted. I'm proud of the work we are doing at CBS, and I know my colleagues are, are doing the same. Mm. We're, 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 a different, we're a different population, but we are a reflective of society. It wasn't just in the media that mm. these things were happening. Mm.
3: But it was in the media. The full glare of it was concentrated, wasn't it? I mean, has yeah, I mean, the has the the I mean, movement changed the way you guys go about journalism uh-huh. or? I mean, I think it's, it's certainly changed the process. I mean, there's no question that, that the kind of events of the last couple of years, it was a shaming event for our industry, no question. Mm. I think, rightly, we will be judged not on our kind of words about this, but on our kind of actions about this, you know, and there's, there's clearly an awful lot of work to be done. It, it obviously revealed some deep cultural issues that, mm. that, that need to be addressed.
2: Society's issues, Mm-mm. and I think we are better for it. Mm.
0: Finally, the panel looked forward to the 2020 presidential campaign and how the TV networks plan to change gears after the 2016 election. Here's Susan Zorinsky again.
2: There'll be enormous changes at CBS in how we cover this campaign, and part of it is the unification of our digital assets and our organically becoming one news gathering operation, which gives us a tremendous advantage. It's as if our news organization has grown because of breaking down all the silos mm. and having multiple reporters. We all have people in the field. I feel that this election, our job is to reveal America to itself.
0: Mm.
2: I don't think we really understood mm. the country. And that is a fundamental change. At
3: NBC, with MSNBC and the digital platforms and the broadcast side, our goal, similarly, is to go out and tell stories from the ground up, not to sort of dictate an editorial storyline from New York or Washington, but look at, you know, how are the farmers who are dealing with flooding caused by climate change and economic problems caused by the trade war, how are they reacting? You know, we've doubled the size of our investigative unit. We just announced yesterday we're hiring now reporters, print reporters from newspapers and leaving them in the communities in which they live. So we just hired somebody in Houston. We hired somebody up in Michigan. We hired somebody in Nevada. And we're saying to them, we're not asking you to move to New York or Washington or LA. We're telling you stay where you are, stay where you've been reporting for your local newspaper, but do it for us now.
0: They finished off by talking about international expansion. Here's NBC's Noah Oppenheimer again.
3: There are plans to to do something with Sky in the form of an international news channel. You know, we already have an investment in Euronews, which is a pan-European news channel. So our global footprint is hugely important, not only to our news gathering currently, but to the future of the news division and a big potential. Branded NBC or uh, branded Sky or COPE or what? uh, I would imagine it will be some form of co. I don't think that that's been formally determined. Today,
0: we'll be following Theresa May, was set to step down as the leader of the governing conservative party. Mrs. May is locked in a battle with Chancellor Philip Hammond over her plans to leave office with a series of big spending announcements that the Treasury fears could cost more than 10 billion pounds. You can read about this and more at FT.com. This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasek.
2: Hi, this is Janice
0: Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, Award winning insights and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com/slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA, copyright 2024.
1: Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface.